you know, I think a goal of strategic HR is to demonstrate the value that HR is bringing to the business. Mm-hmm. And so you can do that more efficiently with visualizations rather than say spreadsheet reports. All right, welcome to the SAP HCM Insights podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the managing partner at Insight Consulting Partners. Um, here to talk about people analytics with Mike Hookstra. And uh, joining us today, we've got Luke Marson and Chris Wilpert. One thing before we get started, I just want to kind of put a plug in for the SAP Insider Conference coming up. It's uh, Wednesday, February 24th. I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to be leading a panel on employee central payroll. We're going to talk about continuous improvement with that. So um, Luke's going to be on a panel also talking about the trends in HR technology, SAP success factors, and things like that. So, I mean, with both of us there, it's going to be well worth whatever the price of admission is. So go ahead and sign up for that and uh, hopefully enjoy it, and we'll see you there. Yeah, that's good value, Steve, because it's a free uh, entry for the uh, conference. Yep. All right, well, Mike, you've uh, written a book on people analytics, so that to me, that makes you an expert. Uh, anyone who has the uh, patience and fortitude to write a book on something, I am impressed. Um, I wanted to get together because this is something we haven't spent a whole lot of time on uh, um, as a podcast team. And I think that, you know, customers can learn a lot and get a lot of value from people analytics, but maybe they don't know where to start. So. Um, Maybe can you just sort of, you know, how, how, how would a customer get started with people analytics? You know, what's that process look like just to get started? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the intro, Steve and, and team. You're really happy to be here uh, today. So, yeah, good question. I mean, I think that um, when, when a customer implements uh, Employee Central, you know, a lot of times there is a lot of focus on those operational modules, right? Let's say you're implementing recruiting or compensation planning, uh, you may you probably have a recruiting and or compensation planning process that you're going to improve with those tools. And so the implementation process, um, um, I don't want to say it's straightforward, but you know it's very pretty clear what your goals are uh, when you uh, go through that implementation. Uh, but however, customers um, don't always have a well-defined uh, people analytics team or program. So I think sometimes that can be a challenge, uh, really defining and understanding what you want to do from a reporting and analytics perspective. Many mm-hmm. customers are um, you know, doing a lot of operational reporting or compliance reporting, um, but when you really talk about people analytics, you're thinking more about, um, you know, less about that operational reporting, more about um, visualizations uh, and charts and dashboards uh, and what those can help you do is help you influence the business um, mm-hmm. to to move forward uh, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So then it sounds like um, do people need to have like a separate team or it sounds like they kind of need to know what their purpose is and, and what they want to do. They, you, just, you can't just say, well, let's just go turn this on and see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, really. Um, what you want to do is step back and think about, all right, what do we want a people analytics program to look like? And when you think about people analytics maturity, 
there's a you know kind of a long range of steps that you can take um, you know to at the start quite often is making sure you have clean consistent data uh, in one location um, and you know then as you move forward you know maybe you're starting with those compliance reports or you know spreadsheet or list report outputs but hopefully you're maturing and so that you know as you grow you your output um, has more of an influence on HR and on the business. And the way, to, you know, a, a good way to get there uh, are with more data visualizations, right? Ultimately, um, you know, I think a goal of strategic HR is to demonstrate the value that HR is bringing to the business. Mm -hmm. And so you can do that more efficiently. Um, you know, certainly you could do it much better with visualizations rather than say spreadsheet reports. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about a little more what you asked about, you know, where do you get started? Yeah, you know, you step back and you think about that strategy. You know, what do we want to measure? How do we want to show that we're, um, that we're benefiting? Uh, what benefit are we bringing to the business? Um, and so you really can kind of start, simply start with, you know, what is our business strategy? Uh, what, what are the company's goals? And not HR, not necessarily just HR strategy, but what is the business strategy? Um, you know, what are we trying to do in the next year, in the next five years? And then you think about, all right, we think about our HR programs. Um, you know, how can we measure, what measurements can we define uh, so that it shows uh, you know, progress toward the, that business strategy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I just uh, agree with Mike. Um, often you just need to think to have a plan. I mean, like normally I would always say if you implement uh, any kind of module after one year, you're a bit more familiar with the processes and with the data you have. And then you start to think about, okay, now what can I do with it? So to improve and leverage what you have. But I think it, it does make sense to start at the beginning to, to know what you want to achieve. Um, because you just don't want to just achieve, okay, now we have an employee central recruiting, we hire people. You also want to control your own processes. And I, I think, as Mike said, it's, it's, it's really smart to think at it uh, right at the beginning in the implementation, what fields we might need to monitor our processes and, and what data we need to have to have like kind of normal operational reporting in the first place, but also, of course, uh, in, in the midterm and any kind of KPIs. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Mike, he's, he's talked about making sure you have good, clean data. I think that's a challenge for some organizations, right? Um, that's, a, I mean, that's a big one. So, I mean, how have you uh, sort of approached that in the past? I mean, I, I know what I've done, you know, I can talk from a payroll perspective and from a, a like an operational reporting perspective, you know, you, you have to identify what that bad data is, but sometimes you don't know it until you see it. Right. So, and it's, and it's a long process to get that done. So I'm curious on, on what you've done and, and what you've seen with that. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a couple thoughts there, um, you know, it can be, um, you'll definitely want to, yeah, Keep keep your data clean and tight because there there can be um, you know sometimes if you um, essentially are proposing that we're going to use data to make decisions 
and maybe your organization hasn't done that in the past or hasn't done that a lot in the past, you can be met with some resistance. So, um, and you know, there can be people in your organization that will challenge uh, you know, your findings and perhaps try to poke holes in those. So, um, and if they find that, you know, data is, is not clean and, you know, your output isn't, uh, you know, entirely accurate, that certainly is a risk that you have. So, um, that is something you need to monitor. So, certainly, you know, just kind of from a practical perspective, you know, if you build out a chart, um, and let's say it's, um, you know, a simple example, let's just say headcount by division. Um, you know, run, you know, you can, you know, this is a very tactical thing, but, you know, run reports that compare that so that you see that your charts are, um, you know, outputting, you know, the same count as you would get in, an, in a report, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a simple thing. The second part I would say, though, is make sure that your unclean data is not holding you back. You know, it's really important, mm -hmm. I think, to, you know, do what you can, kind of be scrappy, um, do what you can to generate insights so that you can influence uh, the organization with data. Um, you know, don't, you know, don't let that slow you down. Uh, definitely important to, you know, obviously you want, eventually the goal will be, you always have clean data coming out of a system, whether that's your core HRIS or a data warehouse, whatever, but um, keep moving, right? keep generating analyses, keep bringing value to the organization, you know, is my recommendation. I I laughed when you mentioned headcount reporting because I, I thought, well, one thing you can do to see if it's accurate is compare it to what to what finance has. <laughs> sure. Right. That's the age old thing. HR headcount doesn't match finance headcount, doesn't match operational headcount. I mean, how you it, it seems so simple, but I've seen this my whole career. How many people work for us? How many people do we have? And it depends on how you count and it's just. And and you don't always have good data behind that, and that's part of the problem. So, um, yeah, I, so I just had to laugh with headcount, but you're right, you're right. It just takes. I think you have to keep a, a focus on it, right? Exactly, and I mean, when you think about, um, you know, kind of the data revolution that's occurred over the last, you know, ten to twenty years. Um, mm -hmm. You need to keep moving forward, right? HR needs to keep moving forward. You know, HR we seem to be a little behind other functions uh, within an organization. Um, but I do think the expectations have changed, right? Um, so, you know, companies have been using, you know, and other functions using tools like Tableau or Power BI and HR, you know, we need to kind of step up our game in that respect. Now that kind of brings me to um, the news stories and people analytics. So um, maybe we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. um, yeah so what, I mean, what SAP has done um, over time, you know, I mentioned Tableau and like Power BI, you know, enterprise analytics tools that have really changed how you can visualize data. Um, it's really, you know, revolution's a strong term, but it's a huge um, leap, I would say, um, in being able to visualize data with tools like that. And so SAP has also, you know, been developing what's called SAP Analytics Cloud, which mm -hmm. is, you know, in that same space as Tableau and Power BI, you know, really nice enterprise tool where you can bring data from across uh, your different functions and make great visualizations. So uh, the new stories and people analytics is based on SAP Analytics Cloud. So um, when you log into SuccessFactors, you now um, have those type of tools available to you to make great visualizations. Mm -hmm. And it will be connected directly uh, to your SuccessFactors transactional data. So you don't have to bring data in and try to join it. 
um, it only work, you know, it works directly with your transactional data. So um, I think it's a real positive, you know, being fully integrated with success factors, um, you still have the ability of all that RBP, you know, the existing tools, your RBP flows through, right? So in other words, if you're an HR business partner that supports IT in the United States, when you run a report, those are the only people you'll see, you know, US IT persons um, in that report. So um, that's a big benefit of it, that that RBP flows through. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, you'll be able to create, uh, you know, dashboards and visualizations that, um, like I said, I think, you know, the business expects out of HR. So you're able to build these visualizations that um, end users will, you know, have that data, the only data that they should see, but also they can interact, right? So they can interact with a chart, uh, say they'll select a certain bar on a chart and they can see the rest of the data on the page update. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are interactivities, like I said, that are expected. Um, and you can, you know, now kind of empower your employees to have, you know, use that HR data, understand it, and again, hopefully make decisions, uh, strategic decisions with that data. Yeah. Mike, I, I have a question for you because it would be probably also very interesting for me. I mean, you're long in the field and normally you start probably with ad hoc reports, like the, just a table version, but for Employee Central, probably more popular, the advanced reporting and online report designer. If, if you have an employee central project now, you would say like, look, let's jump right into store reporting. So the embedded version of SAC in success factors, or you would say that only report designer has still the, the value and you probably still need to, to do some stuff in the online report designer rather than in store reporting. What, what's your view? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, with stories and people analytics being still relatively new, um, I mean, there are still some kinks being worked out in it. Um, one great thing about the Canvas or ORD is that, you know, it's stable, it's been working for years, and there are a lot of, um, you know, standard templates that are available. So um, I think, you know, if you're rolling out, you know, an EC project today, um, it's not a bad idea to start with Canvas. And then, you know, um, you can use some standard templates, you can build out some reports there, you know, they're working. And then if you do want to focus specifically on, um, well, let me pause for a second. You know, one kind of shortcoming of Canvas is that while you can do charts and dashboards, it's not the greatest user experience. It's not really that easy to interact with them. Now, but if you have something, so, you know, so again, kind of start with Canvas, definitely with like list reports, but if you want something that you want to do a visualization with, um, then I would think it's a good time to start at looking at stories and see if you can build that out there. Um, you know, a little further, think a little further on that. Now, of course, the reality, like you, when you're doing an EC implementation, um, there, it's a lot going on, right? You may not have sort of the time to say, all right, I'm going to focus on stories and really learn this new tool um, and kind of work through it. Um, there's that to kind of consider as well, right? So. Um, it is kind of a balance of spending time in Canvas uh, and stories, um, but I do think, um, so I kind of meandered a little bit, I'll summarize it maybe. So I would say definitely start with Canvas, um, and if there's something you want to um, build that has more you know, of a visualization, give, give stories a try. Mm -hmm. 
That, that, that's an interesting point uh, to, to, to say. I mean, I, I remember like one or one and a half, maybe even two years ago, uh, Subnormally said, look, okay, store reporting is a go forward tool and it will replace all existing reporting tools we have now that include ad hoc reporting, bird templates, um, LMS reports, um, even UCult dashboards. Um, but but still, like normally the plan was, okay, three year sunset, and then we have each year you have less functionality you can use or execute the reports. So you, you think that SAP will stay to that timeline, even if they don't like mention it super often anymore? You think it will be longer around or what do you think? Yeah, good question. I think that yeah, I think we're still several years out, I would say. I mean, I think SAP is monitoring adoption. Um, and, you know, I don't think they're going to pull the, the rug out on tools that people are still primarily using. Yeah, so for other words, in two years, yeah. if people are still using Canvas, you know, and not using stories a lot, I don't think they're going to pull the plug. I really don't. Um, but I do think that... Um, what I do think they'll continue to do is encourage people, of course, to move to stories and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, kind of continue educating and, uh, you know, supporting the users that are using stories as mm -hmm. much as possible. Yeah, maybe the uh, functionality will pull people to, to stories, right? You know, it, you know, that's that's what I've seen SAP do in the past, right? They say, well, this older technology is going to be kind of static. It's still there. People are using it, but, you know, it's, it's not going to grow and then put all the investment and innovation in this other side. And then after a while, people look at that and they say, wow, I, I want that. And so it sort of naturally pulls people over. It's another, I, I've, I've seen them do that before. And, and I, I think, think it's that, good because, you know, customers can, can approach it when they're ready. Right. Exactly. Well, and that's another, you know, you brought up, uh, it makes me think of another thing, Steve, you know, something I've heard a few customers say is, oh, this is their new tool. Is this going to stick around? And so what, you know, what I've thought about or what I talk to when I get that question is, you know, if you think about, um, you know, this using SAC as, you know, embedded uh, analytics for success factors, you know, they're not just doing that for success factors. I mean, that is their strategy, right? To continue to invest in uh, SAP Analyst Cloud, which, as I mentioned before, is, you know, a standalone enterprise analytics tool, but it is the strategy to embed that in their other cloud applications, you know, like S4HANA, mm -hmm. like Concur, like FieldGlass. So that makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like it is gonna last longer because that is, you know, kind of the crown jewel, so to speak, of their of the analytics, um, of SAP's mm -hmm. analytics strategy. So that, you know, gives me confidence that, uh, you know, that they're, that it's, it has some staying power. Yeah, it'll probably have five different names before it dies, but it's going to be around for a while. <laughs> We're already on the second, right? It was embedded, at least for success factors, it was embedded edition for a while. Couldn't and now, now it's stories, right? Sorry to my SAP friends, but you know what I mean. Yeah. SAP has a habit of renaming things. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm really mixed. Like, I, I was really pushing story reporting, like, for the last year. Um, always saying, look, if I, I personally said, if you have uh, planning a dashboard or any kind of report project over 10 days, I, I would maybe wait and consider doing it in story reporting. 
But last year was all about getting IIS uh, running. I think it's a, so maybe just for some people who, who not started with the topic in general. So to have store reporting, you need report center and you need IIS implemented. Report center is not an issue. Um, it, it was a general rollout. But IIS yeah. is for a lot of company like an, another dimension which they need to tackle with IT. So that was yeah. kind of a bumper. So it took a long time. And uh, uh, last year in August, there was a kind of uh, survey about the adoption of story reporting, which was a bit lacking. Some customers started, but like not that much uh, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. So I do is, uh, I, I saw an article from, from Mike actually about uh, 2021 is a year to adopt the uh, SOAR reporting. And I totally agree. It, it will be a, a year where most of the customer adopt. But from my experience, what I saw like now with some customer requirements is that there are still some limitations which really hold me back in using it fully in, in all the talent modules. Not even in Employee Central, I would say, because SAP pushes a lot, even with a content store where you just can download uh, content and standard reports directly. But in some mm -hmm. talent modules, I, I, I think there's a lack of um, features, um, like two, two things which, which crossed right my mind. I still can, cannot use the audit trail table from in recruiting for the trail of uh, status from candidates. And uh, um, just recently, I wanted to build something with, with dates, and I can't change the date type in, in, in story reporting. So it's always a timestamp. So you do have more calculations, which you even had didn't have in our online reporting planner. But mm -hmm. I, I, I missed the last step. And like maybe that's also hard to underline. I, I do agree with Mike that's a go forward solution. But we don't have all the functionality we do have in SAC. So there is a huge um, difference. Well, I mean, that just makes sense. The SAC is an expensive license. So I, it wouldn't maybe not make sense to fully implement it in success vectors. But it needs to um, adopt a bit more. But that's totally normal because I think the main task was to get the, the unified data. Um, underlined so we now get more lms data and we now have the feeling in reporting that all the modules come together which we often lack in, in success factors in general but um i we still have a way to go but it's definitely a go forward solution i am totally aligned with with mike here mm -hmm. i'm with you chris um still some growing pains um and it does you know it can take quite honestly, you know, some patients from customers and even consultants like us, um, when, you know, I can envision, you know, we could envision building something. I'm sure you've been through this. You know, you'd say, oh yeah, we, the tool that can do that. We know it can do that. Um, and then sometimes a little something trips you up that you wouldn't expect. So um, I agree, it, it, we are still sort of in early days. Um, yeah, I'm still optimistic. Um, but there are there can be some still some challenges with it for sure. But you know every product has that, guys. I mean, every every one of the products, and it and it's not specific to SAP Success Factors either. You know these products they they develop. They're not 100% baked when they're released. They continue to add on to them, and you know we find things that you know maybe need a little improvement, and so we give SAP the feedback, and yeah, so it's it's. I still think, though, one of the 
things I've heard from a couple of customers of mine is they're really struggling with with IAS, um, and and it's a struggle for them because their their identity management uh, process is more complicated probably than what um, SAP may have anticipated, and so they're really struggling with with how to implement that and how to get their arms around it and get it done right, which is one of these big prerequisites for what we're talking about. It is a challenge, and you know you have different. Um... You know, you have different competencies in HR, and sometimes you get help from your IT. Um, but yeah, it is a comp that IS is um, it's complex. I mean, I think SAP's you know improved documentation and and you know how tos with it, and probably fix some bugs as well. But I agree. I mean, that has been unfortunately um, an impediment. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, it, I mean, they're working through it. Like you said, they they have some implementation methodologies and guides and more documentation now. Um, and I think maybe for less complex customers, it's it's not so much of an obstacle anymore, I think. But, um, you know, for these complex customers I'm talking about, it's, you know, this is not the only challenge they have either. So uh, complexity has its own challenges. From my perspective, customers have to really understand what the difference is between what the business needs and what they want. Because I've come across a lot of times in my consulting career where customers are told, yeah, but we need to report on this, or we have to report on this, or we need this. And, you know, they want the report with 28 fields and eight of them have got complex calculations and, and, and things. And then when you start to dig a little bit deeper under the covers, Actually, a lot of people can't even really tell you why they make those reports or what they actually deliver in the end and what the real value is. Um, and, you know, yeah. it, it's experts like Mike and, and, and Chris that, that um, you know, should be utilized to help guide customers towards understanding uh, what, it, what it is that they actually need uh, and also what they don't, they don't know that they need. Because there's a lot of areas um, uh, of reporting and analytics, and there's a lot of data in the system that can be used to give insights that maybe HR aren't looking at today and don't realize can bring a lot of value to them if they uh, invest some time and effort in building out you know, reports, analytics, and whatnot um, you know, for those areas. I, I, I agree completely, Luke, and I think that is, um, that's part of the challenge of, of, I think, HR needing to evolve. You know, I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, customer asks, like you said, for a report and wants all these details. And then, you know, you would um, you might have a report analyst that administratively goes ahead and does that and maybe has no idea why they want that report or what they're going to do with it. So this is where I think, um, you know, a lot of many HR organizations still need to kind of make that evolution into true people analytics where they are, um, not just creating reports, but really looking at the data, uh, analyzing it, and trying to, you know, hoping to come up with business insights. Um, and, you know, really, so, you know, coming up with their own point of view, at, you know, uh, as an output from people analytics. Um, that's really a, an, an evolution, you know, that HR, um, you know, needs to, you know, some, of course, everybody's in different places in their, um, you know, people analytics maturity journey. But you still, as you said, Luke, I think that's a you know a good observation. A lot of companies still aren't aren't you know there yet. And I would say too, it's worth saying too. You know, something that I also think about. Um, you know, I'm an advocate, of course, of stories and people analytics. 
Um, but as you think of like an overall people analytics program, um, this, you know, stories and people analytics is just for your, um, you know, HR or your success factors, transactional data. There certainly is a bigger picture as well. Um, you know, as you know, I've kind of keep hitting on the theme of, you know, people analytics should be demonstrating HR's impact on the business or generating business insights. You know, in order to do that in a lot of ways, you need to bring in other data. So maybe you can bring in financial or supply chain, but other data um, mm -hmm. in the organization to kind of show that impact. So, you know, I think people analytics would be an important part um, of a people analytics journey where you're able to visualize your HR data. But, you know, there's a bigger picture as well beyond that, where maybe you uh, create an HR data warehouse to bring in additional data. Maybe you acquire a tool like, um, you know, like Vizier or one model to, you know, that will kind of do that for you, bring that, bring other data together and generate insights based on all of your uh, enterprise data. Um, that should be part of the journey as well. So it's a big, you know, it's a long journey. I wouldn't say that stories is the kind of be all end all tool that you would last one you ever use, but I do think it's an important one to, um, you know, improve how you visualize data um, and how, you know, an organization be, can become more data driven by using stories and people analytics. I agree, it's a long journey, but like sometimes what I have the feeling when I talk with customers, they talk about reporting, but they, they talk, it's a realistic view, it's analytics. So when, when they want to report, it's, it's not operational reporting, they want the KPI or metrics you, you would need workforce analytics for when you want a time series or whatever. And another issue I see sometimes is like uh, human resource talks about reporting, um, but, but they don't have any technical background. Like I, I just quote one customer, I don't want to say the name, but like we even don't know how to do a PIVO in Excel. Um, and, and it's very difficult for some customers as, as a human resource department to create some of the reports because you do need a technical background uh, of reporting and how, how the data, how, how schemas, tables, joints work. Like if you have two data sets of, of uh, let's say one, one employee and you're wondering why you have duplicate uh, rows or stuff like that. And then there, I think there's also a, a technical need in the human resource. That's where always the discussion comes in. Is people analytics a part of human resource or should it not even like be a little bit outside or, or like higher in the, uh, the structure and the company structure? And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a very difficult topic in with, and I think like for me, honestly, my personal message would be to customers from SuccessFactor: start with operational reporting, and I think story reporting is a great tool. It makes things easier. Is the usability, performance, and online report designer is 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 average um, by best, and but it's lacking functionality from from on ad hoc reports. Um, so story report is a step further in creating easy reports, but also you still need a technical background to understand what's behind each module. And it's not just uh, like Employee Central, again, it's like a bit special because it's, it's more complex and you have time series and, and time slices um, to, to take care of, um, mm -hmm. but it's a very, very difficult topic. And I, I honestly, also for me, what one part would be if, 
if there's any implementation, please ask the consultant who you do a com uh, implementation with to have like a, a little training for reporting at the end. Um, because what I also see uh, mm -hmm. with a lot of implementation uh, reporting, even the basics of reporting, just to understand some, some tools you can report with is, is just missing. But it's often because of tight budget or consultancies compete with which each day or and then they it's just falling out of the scope often or it's just forgotten or there's simply not enough know-how um, in each consultant company to do so um, and that's why i appreciate always if, if someone's writing a book and and you can as a customer say okay we self-learn it but of course it will never replace consultancies uh, specialized on on this topic to to help and give a little bit coaching, training, or follow-up. That makes yeah, a lot I mean, of sense. Yeah, I mean, that's why there are consultants, right? In, in every industry, there are consultants because we specialize on this where customers don't. And that's, that's the value we provide is bringing that insight to the customer so that they can have, um, you know, more success. Um, you know, as you guys were talking, I was thinking that, uh, you know, one of the keys for, I think, HR getting more value from analytics is actually to get outside of HR and go see what people need. Go to the manufacturing plants, go to the sales groups, the service groups, go to your finance group, go to operations, get outside, get out of that HR department, get a, a better understanding for what would help them. Because if, if you're doing things that helps other people, you're, you're gonna have a lot easier time getting the resources and, and budgets and getting a consultant to help you maybe. But because if you're helping others, other people are gonna help you. And uh, the value comes from not just looking at your own HR group and okay, what, what do we want? You, you, you really need to look at what is going to move the organization and to do that. I firmly believe you have to get outside of HR and go live in these other groups for a while. I love that, you know, and that reminds me of a, of, of a stat from a pulse survey from, from late last year. And I'll frame this a little bit, you know, 2020, right. With, uh, with COVID and all the, the massive changes to how we worked. Um, you know, a lot of like HRs, I feel like strategic programs were front and center, like, you know, yeah. skill development, uh, wellness, uh, talent development. Um, yet, in there's a pulse survey from late last year, um, still um, CEOs still only uh, CHR, only 40% of CEOs CHR as a value driver. You know, they still, yeah. the perception of HR is still administrative. So I love what you said, Steve, about getting out, um, it, you know, outside of HR, um, see what it's like, and also see, again, see how, you know, your HR programs are influencing the business. Yeah. Um, that is hugely important, and that will change. You know, HR is HR is definitely a mix of kind of administrative or operational things like benefits yeah. and strategic things, but I think the strategic stuff is overlooked or not well known. And so I think that, you know, people analytics, I think, could be a way for a customer or for HR to demonstrate that ability. Um, so, yeah, that's huge. The other thing real quick, jumping back to what Chris was saying, uh, that is an important part as you go on your uh, an important part on your 
people analytics maturity journey is a human capital plan for sure, right? You can't just buy a system and think yeah. it's, you're going to get the insights, right? You definitely need people that can, whether it's doing more technical development or even just understanding, uh, you know, what the data is coming out of a system. Um, you know, you'd need, you want storytelling skills um, because and these are new skills maybe that HR hadn't been doing before. Um, but, you know, really that kind of, and those are sometimes skills more you feel like are from management consulting rather than HR, but those are, you know, kind of new data skills that, uh, you know, HR can, would, would be good for HR to pick up as well. Yeah. Well, you know, analytics is complex and you need uh, people who know how to manage that complexity in order to deliver it. It's just, it's, um, it's not just, you know, point and click all the time. It would be mm -hmm. nice, but it's not. Like talking about outside of HR, uh, I would have an interesting question for you guys because I'm always curious what other consultants or people think about it. So we know that workforce analytics and, and workforce planning is, is uh, at the moment on hold, especially when we're talking about uh, the advanced version in, in SAC. So we still have a legacy workforce analytics on HANA in SuccessVectors. What do you think is uh, going to happen? Do we will see data warehouse cloud with SAC as a front end, or do we will stick with WordPress analytics on HANA in the future? Did you hear anything? Did you see customer implementing WordPress analytics on HANA or planning, or, or are they just keen to know what's happening? Yeah, good question. A couple thoughts on that. So yeah, I mean, the, the latest guidance is still that, uh, you know, for workforce analytics, um, which you know, I'll start this real quick. So, you know, uh, one question I sometimes get is, oh, what's this stories in people analytics? Does this replace workforce analytics? So I think it's good to make the point, no, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. So what, you know, so again, people analytics, stories in people analytics is just reporting directly on that transactional data. But what workforce analytics does is, uh, you know, an extract of your transactional data is taken and it is transformed so that you have um, just metrics and dimensions are created and time series, Chris, I think you used that term earlier. And so you can easily, you know, look at these metrics over time. Um, it, it's a lot more easier to kind of look at time trending um, in WFA. So WFA still definitely has a place. Um, my understanding is that WFA on is still, right now is still the go forward um, solution. I'm wondering if maybe they will do something like, you know, put SAC tools on the front end in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, you, but Chris, I think you're, I mean, the ultimate evolution would seem to make sense to go into data warehouse cloud and build something there. I suspect that, you know, what is built into WFA, certainly that product was built over many years um, is pretty complex. You know, what it does is complex. Um, so it may be a challenge to build that out in something like Data Warehouse Cloud. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that where that progresses. Um, now with planning, however, right, there is a, um, SAC does include a planning tool that's pretty sophisticated um, where you can do, um, you know, really financial and business planning uh, across the enterprise. So they are working on building like a template to do workforce planning as well. So, um, We've started to hear a little bit news on that. So I think that is definitely the future of workforce planning. Uh, we'll mm -hmm. be, you know, off away from success factors and in SAC. Um, so they also recently released a an improved WFA connector to SAC, which would 
allow you know WFA to be an input into SAC planning, so you could do workforce planning there. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the SAC planning tools is pretty cool. Um, has a lot of functionality, and I think um, you know there's like workflows and sharing in there that I think works pretty well. And then it also use you know uses the stories functionality of SAC to you know create reports as an output. So I think um, you know that that seems to go forward there, and I think it's a a, a pretty neat solution. Yeah, you know, it's just it's interesting, Mike, as you were and, and Chris too, as as you're talking about these tools, you're much more familiar with them than I am. Um, I keep coming back to one of the first things, Mike, that she brought up at the beginning of the podcast because all these tools are only going to be useful if you have good data. So, starting with that good data, it's one of the challenges, right? One of the foundations. So it kind of comes back full circle. I, I like all these tools, and you know, and all these tools are great. All this technology is great. Um, Got to have good data, right? Good data governance, good data quality, and so it's this is not just uh, throw some software on and 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 go. It's a uh, it's a journey. That's that's what I'm coming away from this conversation with, and uh, it sounds like it's a very worthwhile journey too. So. Guys, thanks for your time on this. Um, this has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot. Hopefully our listeners have learned a lot too. I appreciate it. And you know, we'll get this um, out on the podcast site and uh, if we get any questions, we can handle them there too. Um, anyway, thanks guys, appreciate it and have a great day. You too, enjoy. Thank you, thanks. really really enjoyed it. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Bye.